Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in Brooklyn, New York. Behind a huge third quarter, Suns a winner. 136-120. KD went off in his first game back in Brooklyn. 33 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. He also had an outstanding two-man game going with, with Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic had 28 points, 11 boards, 6 assists. KD, what'd you see inside from Nurk? Excited we got the win. They beat us, they beat us up at our place last time, so we wanted to come out here and you know avenge that loss. And I'm glad we was able to uh, get to over 500 on this road trip. So that was a big concern of ours, and it's a good win. I also was thrilled with Nurkic. <laughs> but he was happy with the win. He said Nurkic was able to dominate the small lineups of the Brooklyn Nets. Suns won the third quarter, 42 to 26. That was the difference. Suns are off today. They face Atlanta tomorrow night. Bad weekend for the Devils last weekend in Oregon. They try to rebound against the Northern California schools coming up today. Bobby Hurley, right now, you guys are under, well, you've lost one tough game, which you probably blame the refs, but you've only got one loss at home. How do you feel about the season right now? I mean, we're in the hunt, you know, I mean, we're right there. So it's, uh, you know, there's a lot to play for. And uh, I'm sure most of the teams in the league think they're still in it, you know, based on how tightly packed everything is. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's still hope that, that we could, you know, get on a run and make a surge. Devils are home against Stanford. Tip-off tonight, 7 o'clock. The other Bay Area school comes to Tucson. That's Cal. Tommy Lloyd, how do you feel right now about the trajectory of the team after your trip to Oregon in which you went one and one? I think this team's ready to take the next steps, but, but me thinking they're ready and us actually doing it are two different things. So now, now the coaching staff you know, has to lead the players and the players have to help lead themselves and then we, we, need, to, we need to get moving forward. Wildcats at home versus Cal, tip off tonight, 6.30. Now all four teams in the NFC West have a head coach. Seattle has hired the Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Interestingly enough, the Seahawks went from the oldest head coach in the league to the youngest. Washington Commanders are now the only team in the NFL without a head coach. Got three baseball stories. Thankfully, yesterday on the birthday of Jackie Robinson, $140,000 was announced that's been raised to replace the Jackie Robinson statue at a Little League Park in Wichita. Cal Ripken, Grant Hill, members of the new group that's going to be buying the Baltimore Orioles. And the Cleveland Guardians have not decided when to start their season. The date is August 8th. However, there's going to be a total eclipse at 3.13 in the afternoon, and they think there's going to be 200,000 people there to watch it. 
One big upset last night and one shocking result. The result is unranked Northwestern pushing Purdue to a, a overtime win, 105-696. But Chris Collins wasn't happy. The Wildcats head coach said his team shot eight free throws. Purdue shot 50. An unranked Florida won at Rupp Arena. And finally, meet Bertha Yolter, a 71-year-old woman from North Miami Beach. On Sunday, she got arrested for attempted murder. Now, not very often do we think attempted murder is funny, but she she tried to murder her husband. Her husband of 50 years called 911 and said his 71-year-old wife was trying to smother him with a pillow. When police arrived, he had bleeding bite marks, bruises, and open lacerations. Her reason for trying to kill him? Because his girlfriend from the 1970s found him on Facebook and wrote him a postcard. She had had enough, even though they hadn't spoken in 40 years. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. If you've ever dreamed of being a television producer, man, have I made Izzy and Jeff's life wonderful. I hardly gave them anything to do this morning, so they had to think, well, this is an easy day. And then, I don't know, four four or five seconds before the broadcast, hey, I would like this, I'd like this, I'd like this, I'd like this. And Jeff, go out and buy me something. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone each and every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Mercs. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. How are you? Uh, what, Thursday? Uh, as your commander-in-chief, I've thought about it. I have thought about it 
and I've decided against it. And it's my fault. It's my fault. I thought about declaring it Friday and giving everybody the day off tomorrow. I thought about that. But then I decided I didn't do enough this week. It's my fault. I've let you down. There was more I wanted to accomplish. However, I'm giving myself a round of applause as your commander in chief. I did something this week that I have never done in my life. Never. And I am... I got I look right at you and say I'm a great husband. Yes, I am. I've been married for I don't know how long since since 96, so whatever that is. We'll just ballpark it at 28 years. And for the first time in 28 years of marriage, I remembered to A take the trash out to the street and B bring the empty trash cans back to where they go in the same week without being asked. Can you compete with that? What have you done? Oh, I like that, Jeff Weir Production. What have you done for your bride? Absolutely. Now, granted, granted, suddenly something popped up on my calendar yesterday and Tuesday that said, one of us take out the trash (laughs) at 6 o'clock. One of us, which meant, please do that. So I don't know if that counts as getting a reminder, but I feel like I did that. I did that. So I'm happy about that. Uh, yesterday, Bobby Hurley had a press conference. And Bobby, you know I love you. But you were 30 minutes late, which caused me to drive through heavy traffic. So I'll talk about the traffic in just a second. But as I'm driving through traffic, I did something I shouldn't do, and I'm sorry. But my phone popped up a picture all of a sudden. I looked down at it, and it's a picture of Izzy standing with a play behind him. Now, when you you go, wait, what do you mean a play? Like, is Izzy, like, theatrical? Is he going to the arts? No, no, no. Uh, I can't remember whether it was a football or basketball play. I didn't look at it for very long. He was standing in front of the green screen. Now, in television, have you ever seen The Weatherman? The Weatherman always stands in front of a green screen, and they put an entire weather map uh, on the screen CGI wise and they so therefore you need all that green space to be back there so that's how a green screen works the computer takes out all the green puts in the play and now you can stand in front of that we we now have that oh it doesn't okay <laughs> Izzy's mic does not work so I'm going to run over there and you're going to watch in silence for just a second but look how cool this is. Uh, Jeff Weir Production, why don't you do me a favor? I don't know if you can keep up with me. Why don't you shoot me? Because I think this would be neat for everyone to actually see our, our, our whole set. So if you're watching right now on WTSM TV, you see me on the normal camera setup that, uh, that we have. Now, watch this, Izzy. I'm going to actually act like I'm in charge. Go to Jeff's camera. Take camera two. I don't know what his camera number really is. Oh, he didn't do it yet. I'm all excited, Izzy. Did I uh, did I give a bad command? Oh, it doesn't look good. Okay, that's what he said. Well, then I'll uh, I'll walk over anyway, and we'll see if this works. And if it doesn't work, then we'll give up. Here we go. Ta-da. Now does this work, Izzy? Oh, he still does. Yeah. Oh, I look. I don't know. He moved me funny. I should be laughing because you can't even hear me, and I know that. Look at this. But 
So I didn't know you could do that, Izzy. I thought you were just going to leave it, uh, leave it green. Um, so did you take the green out and make it black? Is that how that worked? I was trying to put a play on there. I was oh. trying to actually put a play behind you. Oh, you were working too hard. I wasn't even. <laughs> yeah, I didn't that even, was the problem. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that, you know that, that's typical Izzy. Izzy's trying so hard to make sure everything works. Like I don't care. I was just showing off our cool thing. Uh, but it was funny the way you made me move when I wasn't really moving. Uh, I wish you could have done that when I was an athlete a long time ago. That would have been uh, a lot better for me. But that is our cool green screen over there. So now it's just a, another level as, as we grow. Listen, for those of you in the Unplugged Army that have never moved over to WTSMTV.com, I, I get it. You probably listen to me in the car. That's what's easiest for you. Thank you. And I will always give you the free version of the podcast because that's, I feel like that's my loyalty to you. I don't have anything without you helping Doug Franz Unplugged grow. And that's why I'll always give you the free podcast. But what I do want to start doing, and I, will, I promise you I'll try to do a great job of describing things uh, audio-wise so you can feel like you're seeing it visually even if you're not. But I would highly recommend once we start using the green screen, try to find a way to at least move up to the basic level of WTSMTV.com. And that gives you access to all of Unplugged On Demand. So if, you, if I'm talking about a cool play and you feel like, you know, you would really learn something if you had the opportunity to watch it, or if you know what you're talking about and think I screw something up, I'm totally okay with you saying, hey, Doug, you described this play poorly. Actually, the linebackers read should have been this. The quarterback's actually looking over here. Just because I'm knowledgeable does not change the fact that there are plenty of people that are in the Unplugged Army that are more knowledgeable about specific sports than I am. Help me learn. And therefore, if you go home or you go to the office or you're on your lunch break and you pull up your phone, you can then quickly watch the show on demand, fast forward to when I'm in front of the green screen and describing plays and give it a watch. And I think you'll really, really enjoy that. So uh, that's, that's coming. Uh, Izzy and I are going to lunch today. Going to talk about a bunch of different ideas to, uh, to move forward with. So I'm really jacked up for, uh, for that. And uh, uh, it's, just, it's just more growth, you know, and I'm just I'm full bore uh, going straight ahead. Uh, you heard me joke of me throwing Izzy and Jeff under the bus this morning. I, I, you know, I didn't do it intentionally, but it's totally true. I told them yesterday we're going to have this great interview today. And the person that I was going to interview, I think, forgot. And I didn't want to text them in the middle of the night, but they said they wouldn't be available until about 1030 or 11. And I said, all right, just text me about 15 minutes before you're ready. He said, okay, okay. And then he didn't text last night. And I didn't want to bug him because I've been in that mood before where I said, you know what, I'm shutting it down early. I'm going to bed and then I'll get up earlier and do more things in the morning. So I didn't want to bug him in case he forgot and decided to go to bed early. So I didn't text him. So here's Jeff and Izzy thinking, okay, come in early, get this interview ready. Oh, nope, there's no interview. Oh, okay. So then it's an easy day. I only gave them about five or six things I wanted them to pull from the world. So they, they take care of that. Everybody's happy. And then about 4.45, I say, uh, or excuse me, 5.45, Jeff, I need water. I, I treated Jeff like a total intern. So I've, I felt like a jerk, but we usually have water here. We didn't. I needed water, so he ran out and did that for me. So I felt like a jerk. And then I told Izzy and Jeff, hey, I'm going to run over and do a bunch of green screen stuff. Well, what do you want to do? You know, we need to do this. We need to do this. You know, we don't have the mic set up. That's all right. I'll just run over there and do it. 
Izzy and Jeff, are you happy to be part of Doug Franz Unplugged today? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, of course. wow. Wow. That, well, I, I, I appreciate that. We'll see if they meant it uh, a, a little later. We, okay. did, we didn't totally throw a tantrum before the show. <laughs> like, no, didn't happen at all. Deserved. Deserved. <laughs> uh, I told you yesterday, went to the Bobby Hurley presser. I don't know why it was 30 minutes late, but I didn't know if I was allowed to ask. I, I didn't know if that would be a weird question of uh, to start the press conference. Hey, coach, where were you? <laughs> but but you know why that's a great question? Because the only reason a coach would be 30 minutes late is if something deep was going on. You know, like they, they're caught in a meeting that, uh, that, that got a little haywire or a player was upset about something. They're, they're, they're massaging something that they thought was more important than the media. So I, I am interested on, in why he was late. But then, because he was late, that pushed my drive from Tempe to Goodyear into rush hour. Now, here's what's crazy about that. If I make that drive on, let's say, a Saturday, I, I literally live 45 seconds off of the 10. Um, so if I would have made that drive on a Saturday afternoon that's not a game day, that would take about 20, 25 minutes, something like that. It's really not – like we always complain on the website. It's really not that bad. If I would have made that drive around lunchtime, that's about 35 minutes, okay? Rush hour yesterday, it took me an hour and a half. An hour and a half. I literally left Tempe, Arizona at right around 10 till 4, got back – at 5.20, got home at 5.20. Now, I don't think it's totally fair for me to whine and complain about traffic. And the reason why I say it's not totally fair is this. I have a nice house. I don't mind admitting that. Bought it when we had money, even though we don't have money now. But I, I, I bought it with the knowledge I can get more house in Goodyear. So it's not, it's totally hypocritical for me to complain about the traffic while living in a nice house when I, even when I was doing well financially, I could never have afforded that house if you, if you dropped the same house in Paradise Valley, Scottsdale, even Gilbert, the nice portions of Mesa or Tempe, I couldn't have afforded it. So I chose miserable drive, nice house. That's my choice. Therefore, it's not right for me then to turn Say, you know what? I'm thinking I should tax you in order to pay for life to be easier to get to the west side. So let's be clear on that. Now that I've admitted that to you, we do have to start thinking a little bit better as a community of right now, Goodyear, Arizona is considered to be the fastest growing city in America. Buckeye is top 10, okay, in America. The fastest-growing county in America is Maricopa, and the fastest-growing section of Maricopa County is the 10 and 303 corridor. Now, we do have a problem here, okay? We don't have the infrastructure as a city to compensate the building and the people that are going on out there. Something has to happen. So I have officially decided that we're going to start a new political party And the name of the new political party is called the Not You Political Party. And the Not You Political Party stands on one thing. If you're in office, we're not voting for you. (laughs) 
we're just voting anybody who isn't a politician, you're hired. And we're just going to keep voting for people that aren't already in there. Because I got to tell you, those of you that are politicians, except for TJ Shope, because he's in the Unplugged Army. We're never voting out a member of the Unplugged Army. Okay, I don't, that's rude. But the not you party is, okay, somebody figure something out. Figure something out. Either more lanes, maybe not light rail, but some kind of cool train that runs right up the 10 that gets you from the west side downtown. Some Something we've got to start doing. I, subways are out with our bedrock issues, but we've got to do something or at least have a plan to do something. And these people that are in charge, they ain't got a plan. They don't have any idea. They just put stuff off all the time. I'm starting the not you party. And the first thing we need you to do now is donate to a new computer, but not obviously donate to the road. But we're building something. So that's the not you party that's coming up. Sound credits today. AZ family gave us the uh, uh, Kevin Durant. Sun Devil Source is where we got Bobby Hurley. And the Arizona Wildcats YouTube channel is where we got Tommy Lloyd. And speaking of the Arizona Wildcats YouTube channel, Izzy and Jeff, I don't know if you think that, since you guys are TV people, you tell me if this is a bad idea. If I'm the Wildcats, I would rename my YouTube channel the Wildcast. Is that kind of entertaining? No, no, that sounds pretty decent. All right. The reason why is I made a typo when I wrote it, and I, I switched the S and the T of Wildcats, and it came out as Wildcast, and I looked at that, and I thought, that's kind of cool. So I say it should be the Arizona Wildcast should be the name of their YouTube channel or their own TV station that they create if they had that kind of vision. But I don't think they have a lot of vision there. If they did, they, they would have money. Uh, I think that's it. Anything going on in your life, Jeff Weir Production or Izzy? Um, nah, nah, we're all just chilling right now. No, all right. I'm glad the computer works. All right, let's roll. Doug's Big One. Doug's Big One today. I would like this announcement to go out to the world because something screwy is happening. And the announcement is, do you realize it's February 1st and Arizona State doesn't have an athletic director? Now, Dr. Crow, I think you already know, I don't think you're good at your job as it relates to athletics. I'll say this 85 million times, I'm not one to judge you academically. I have no idea if you're good. I just see a lot of things being built and I, and I know my kid is at the university and very happy. So academically, I'm assuming you're doing a great job. I don't know. But athletically, I know you're terrible as a university president. And I sit here and think, how does one not have an athletic director by February 1st? You and you basically told your athletic director we should move forward without you at some point in, around late October, I think it was. And then your official resignation happened in November of your athletic director. So you are now entering into around your eighth or ninth week without an athletic director. Don't tell me, well, we've got to wait and be patient so we pick the right person. You're a horrible president. If you can't find an athletic director after all of these scandals and it takes this long, I mean, really think about this for a second, Unplugged Army. The allegations of wrongdoing 
came out in 2021. Anybody with a brain who understands how the NCAA works would have known we need to move on from our athletic director. So either you're part of the problem, Dr. Crow, either you were totally complicit and guilty in what was going on behind the scenes of the Arizona State football program, or you were so clueless you didn't know, and then when it came out, were so blind to think the athletic director shouldn't be fired. Or you knew he should be fired and didn't bother to find a new athletic director. That was 2021. Then there's 2022. Then there's 2023. We're now in February of 2024. Okay? So that means you did nothing in finding a new athletic director all that time. And decided magically in October it's time to move on. Which is when a search should have started behind the scenes. If you started your search in October, like anybody with any kind of athletic intelligence would have done, please explain to the Sun Devil faithful why you haven't been able to come up with an athletic director. (laughs) It's obvious. There's only two reasons why somebody hasn't been hired as the athletic director of Arizona State. Either A, your program is filth and dirt and nobody wants the job, or B, you're cheap. Think about this entertaining point, Dr. Crow. (laughs) I have always said the reason why you're not good as an athletic president of a university is because you have a totally demented view of the value of your product. And therefore, you're not paying enough or you're shooting too high. And the person that, want, that you want doesn't want the job. I have the sneaking suspicion there are people that want to be the athletic director of Arizona State. And they know what the going rate is for an athletic director of a power five institution that actually believes they belong in an upper echelon setting. And therefore, I believe you're not willing to pay it. So the number one knock of Arizona State Athletics is their run on the cheap. The number one knock is people have Rose Bowl expectations and Sun Bowl support. The number one knock is that it's a very difficult job because you meddle, Dr. Crow, in athletics. And you don't allow the athletic director to just do their job. And therefore, you haven't promised to stay out of athletics or you're not willing to pay a top-notch athletic director. Which one is it? This is another example for those of you that are diehard Sun Devil fans that this man is not the right man for the job as president if you're going to succeed in athletics. Board of Regents, where are you? How are you this blind to what is going on at Arizona State? How are you this blind to think it was okay to pay $4 million to Herm Edwards to just go away? Like he didn't do anything wrong. How in the world are you so blind to think it's okay 
for this scandal to have gone on at Arizona State and the athletic director is just moved into a position of, hey, just teach kids ethics. Even though you broke the rules, you be in charge of teaching law to our law students and we'll pay you all of your salary just to keep quiet about what was going on. How is that okay? And this is another piece of proof. They don't have an athletic director yet. How is that possible? How can you say ASU is being competently run from the president to the athletic department? I am not ripping one member of the current athletic department. I don't know how many of them were complicit in the cheating. I don't know. So I'm not going to make wild accusations about that. All I know is you don't have an athletic director on February 1st. And the scandal started in 2020, was reported on in 2021, and you have your athletic director not leave the program until 2023. You asked him to leave in October. He resigned in November. We're sitting here on February 1st. Which is it, Dr. Crow? Have you found the right guy and you refuse to pay him because we're still that cheap and we don't really want to compete? Or is it you haven't found the right man or woman because you're that bad at looking? I don't care which one it is. All we know is you're meddling in athletics once again. You're not the right person for the job. Board of Regents, wake up. That's Doug's big one today. Not going on an opinionated rant. Now I just, I just look at you as an ASU fan and say, empower yourself. I'm being totally serious. Quit wandering through the, the wilderness acting like this is okay. Quit acting like you don't have any power and it's all Dr. Crow and there's really nothing you can do. Or don't just sit back and complain. Complain out loud. <laughs> You're allowed to get upset about this. You're allowed to write, email, call, bombard your state senator, your state representative, the governor of the state of Arizona, Dr. Crow's office. You deserve this. Arizona State is an incredible university. It could be an incredible athletic department. It's okay to get mad. It's not okay to be a jerk. There's a difference. There's a difference. I would not be calling Dr. Crow's office just to call him names. I realize I just talked about his ignorance, stubbornness, or arrogance. It's one of the three. I don't know which one. And those are insulting terms, and I get it. And I'm not trying to insult him in his character. Let's be clear. This man is smarter than I am. There's zero doubt about that. I cannot be the president of a unit. Well, I can. I would just be terrible. <laughs> you, if you want to pay me what Dr. Crow's making, I'll gladly be the president of Arizona State. And everybody beneath me will know one thing. Communication will be very clear. All of you that are under me are more qualified to be where I am than I am. Doesn't mean I'm not going to do the job as best I can, but I know I'm not qualified. So at least we've eliminated one candidate for Dr. Crow's job. Thank you. I'm glad I'm here for you. I'll be here all week. That the problem here 
is that I think you are so beaten down as an ASU fan, you don't realize you deserve more. You do. That's your money. Season ticket holders unite. Parents of athletes unite. Athletes unite. Why does a school that large not have an athletic director in two and a half months? And specifically from the time that I believe it was communicated that Ray Anderson should resign, that was in October. So you've had the half of October, all of November, all of December, and all of January to find a replacement. And you haven't done it yet. Why not? They're going to lie to you. If they were in front of us right now and answering the question, they would lie to us. They would tell us this, this type of study, this type of, of process can't just be done in a short amount of time. We don't want to rush into the wrong. The worst thing we could do is hire the wrong person. We can't rush into this. We've got to be patient and take our... No, you don't. I'm not saying you hire somebody in 24 hours. But it's not hard to figure out you need to go get someone and then have great interviews behind the scenes and then negotiate your top choice. Can I tell you a story? I probably shouldn't say this. I, I Trust me, I shouldn't say this because it, it sounds like self-propaganda. But I want to help you whenever you're negotiating in case you ever run into this. When I had an opportunity, and I guarantee you, the person that did this will deny it, okay? Guaranteed. So you decide to take their word or mine. But when I was in uh, Kansas City, I got a call for the opportunity to come to Phoenix. And I was told I was the number one candidate. Now, that's kind of cool, isn't it? I was told that. And they said, here's the offer. We'd like to offer you this position, and we'd like to give you an hour to think about it. And then when that hour is over, I want you to know we're going to call our number two guy. We have the position narrowed down to three people. And we're going to call the number two guy in hour number two. And we're going to tell him that we've offered the job to someone else and he hasn't accepted it yet. So now we're opening up a window to you. And then we're going to give him an hour and then we're going to call our number three guy. And if none of the three of you take it, then we're going to kind of look around and, and reevaluate where we are. But here is the job. Here is the offer. We'd like to give it to you. We want to give you time to talk about it with your wife. We really want you. Please call us within the next hour or really any time you want, but just know that's our plan. And I said, okay, go ahead and call number two right now. The guy is like, what? Wait, what? What? Why? Why? I thought, you know, we were interested. We were not. And I told them point blank. I said, it's clear to me you and I are not going to get along because you see, I hate losing. I hate losing. I can't stand losing. And every day of my life, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to be better than I was yesterday. The competition is everybody out there trying to be a good talk show host, every radio station. But the competition is also myself. If I'm not trying to get better every day, what am I doing? I'm driven to try to be better every day. Do I succeed most of the time? Yeah. But not nearly enough, or I wouldn't be this driven. Think about that. 
Don't you want to be better than you? If we were all better than we were yesterday, how great would you be today? That's how I look at it. And of course, I have succeeded some days and then failed miserably the next day, and therefore I did not succeed in being better than I was yesterday. And I told, I told the person on the other, other line, I just said simply, listen, if you're willing to settle for number two that quickly, I will drive you nuts because I will always be driving to be number one while you're settling for number two. And that's not, that's not going to work for us. I know we won't get along. There was a long pause on the phone, and the man said one of the most honest things anybody's ever said to me. He said, you're right. I was bluffing. You're the number one candidate, and um, we do have a number two candidate, but I was bluffing to get you to take the deal. I said, okay, let's start the negotiations. There were some clauses I got put into the contract. There were some things that he got from me that I didn't want to give up. We negotiated a good deal in about two days, and I took it. And that's what happened. Why do I tell you this very personal story? Number one, maybe it'll help you in negotiations. Number two, I look at it from a Dr. Crow standpoint and said, if you have found the right guy, if you have found the right woman, why aren't they hired? If you haven't found the right person, why are you so bad at finding the right person? What is it that, are you willing to be introspective then, Dr. Crow? and realize you must be part of the problem. If you haven't found the right person, you must be part of the problem. Either your process is flawed or you have been challenged by people that were potential candidates and you're not willing to give up control. You're not willing to admit you're not good at athletics. And you are obviously negotiating from a position where you think is a strength when truthfully it's a weakness. And you can't get out of the way, and therefore the best candidate doesn't want the job. It's either the best candidates don't want the job because what you've done to ASU Athletics, or the best candidates want the job, and you're not willing to negotiate what is obviously the true rate of athletics. You don't get to dictate how much it costs to have a great athletic director, Dr. Crow. The market sets the price. You get to determine whether or not you're willing to compete in that market. And so far, all ASU fans have seen while you are the president is a guy that doesn't want to compete. Says he does, but the actions will always speak louder than words. Dr. Crow, as my grandma used to say, even though she didn't use this kind of language, she used stronger language, she always had this phrase, crap or get off the pot. Dr. Crow, you're driving 55 miles an hour in the left lane. Speed up or step aside. Coming up next. I love what I saw from the Suns. But again, it's against another average team. So what do you believe? Do you believe the Suns are putting it together? Or do you believe the Suns are just taking advantage of a little schedule snafu? That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged. We're presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com.
So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 602-2-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. had a big screw up a second ago i'll tell you about it in just a minute but i really want to highlight two things to make sure you know what's going on in two days saturday is the grand opening of the new burrito express uh south tempe on kyrene i'm gonna be there about noon but they're open much earlier than that so please try to find time to stop by it would be awesome if you brought a, uh, if you brought a group of people or brought the family Maybe you've got plans Saturday. Swing by that Burrito Express. Get breakfast burritos on your way. Or try to figure out if you're, wor if you're stuck working Saturday. Maybe if you're an entrepreneur and you know you, you have people that have been working hard for you during the week, uh, contact that location and say, hey, I'm in the Unplugged Army and I'd like to cater out of your location for a Saturday lunch for my workforce, something like that. For those of you that are able to specifically get there for lunch at noon, please join me. Let's talk sports. Let's have a good conversation. And then, with obviously, this I have not asked for permission yet. But with permission from Jennifer, um, maybe we will run over 100 Mile Brewing Company or drive up to Bell's Nashville Kitchen and, uh, and, uh, and, and just get some beers and, uh, and sit and talk for a little bit. So if you're available at noon, please stop by there. I'll be there from about noon to 1. And if I can get as many as three members of the Unplugged Army to be there specifically, that feel like getting a beer like i want everybody there but if you feel like getting a beer if as long as we get about three people that feel like getting a beer let's go and we'll go get a beer uh afterwards love to see you coming up on saturday and then friday february 23rd is our event at whirlwind golf club at wild horse pass oh yeah i've got it right there's the logo up there there's the graphic if you're listening to the podcast right now you know my little game where i'm terrible at figuring out the ohio university weatherman which shoulder it is because right now when I look at the screen, it's on the right, and here's my right shoulder, and then I always screw that up. So I have to remember it's a screen, it's a mirror effect, so since I'm facing the camera, it's on my left shoulder, and then point up there. Yeah, finally got it right. So uh, the whirlwind event, noon is the start time for the beginning of the tea times, but there's going to be tea times 
as many tee times as we need to fill up the day. If you're not a golfer, please come out to breakfast or lunch at Civlik that day on Friday the 23rd or stop by on your way home for happy hour or go all the way home, grab your wife, grab your kids, whatever, and stop by for dinner. If you're going to golf, also check out the spa package. It's going to be a part of the event because it's a Valentine's Day event. The event is the 23rd, but I want you to be able to give a Valentine's Day gift to your wife that is you golfing and her going to the spa or both of you golfing and both of you going to the spa or heck, you know, if you're a spa guy and she's a golfer, flip it. That's fine too. No judgment. Truth be told, I'm not a spa guy at all when it comes to like manicures, pedicures. You know, Listen, if you're into that stuff, knock yourself out. But I am totally a massage guy. Oh, yeah. Now, I am sexist. I, I want the female massage person. I just rip me all you want. There are I, I still think there are lines in the world and I, I don't I don't want some guy, you know, yeah. So I, I, I I'm I'm all about the female uh massage therapist, but I love spas from a massage standpoint. Absolutely love it. All right. Here's where my screw up. I got on a roll and forgot what I was doing. That's 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 actually bad talk show hosting because no matter what your opinion is, don't get so wrapped up into yourself where you lose focus on what you're there to do. And I did. Um, I wanted to play this for you. What happened was is on my drive in to the Bobby Hurley press conference, I got a call from a friend asking me what in the world's going on with the athletic director search. And I realized I don't know. And I don't mean that as an arrogant jerk, like, I, I should know. I meant it as in, no one's even asked me that. And I haven't asked that. Like, nobody's done anything on the outside to say what's going on here. And I really felt like a failure when I got that phone call because I feel like as, as the commander-in-chief of the unplugged army, this is the underground media that we're not getting anywhere else. I'm the only guy out there finding the Ron Minigers of the world and giving them a voice and standing up to Michael Bidwell. I'm the only one that used to be mainstream media that, that, that can make these changes. And I dropped the ball totally. And I, I just felt like an idiot. So I made one call to a friend, talked to him, and then magically got another call from somebody I didn't expect, which was asking the same thing. Hey, by the way, what's going on with the AD search? So suddenly I felt like there's something going on because nothing's going on. So I asked Bobby Hurley then this question at the press conference, and I said, Coach, who's your boss? <laughs> like, what's going on above you? What, what, what does an athletic director do for you as a Power 5 basketball coach during the season? Like, when you're upset at the refs, isn't it better for the AD to contact the conference? Is when there's something not going right, that's an athletic director's job. Is there any support that you're not getting right now because you don't have an athletic director? No, I don't think so. I've been, uh, you know, working very closely with our sports administrator. Uh, and then uh, Jim Rund has been really good in this transition process for me, just the conversations that we've had about, you know, where things are, are at right now with, with uh, the search and just trying to help me with things that I need. And so um, he's been very accessible. So, uh, yeah, in, in a perfect world, you would love to, to, to have, you know, someone in place. But, you know, I think it's important to, 
to get these type of decisions right and to take as much time as necessary in order to do that. The one thing about that answer that I agreed with about three months ago is the, hey, take your time, get it right. When it's taken this long, we know, okay, there's something else going on here. But one thing that was important is the way he said, you know, my administration, each major sport and really each sport has a liaison that's between the athletic director and the coach. And there was a very, very good person in that position named Dave Cohen for a long time. Dave Cohen was the guy that Herb Sendek and Bobby Hurley reported to directly within the athletic department. And then he reported to Ray Anderson. And he was very good at the job. Now, Ray Anderson proved to be, in my opinion, a total doofus when he decided to choose money over people. There was a booster that thought his hand belonged on Dave Cohen's wife's butt. And therefore, Dave Cohen thought, that's a bad idea. Let's not do that. This is my opinion of events. It's all alleged. But decides, let's, let's, let's flirt with an administrator's wife. The administrator decides, I kind of like my wife, and I'd kind of like you not to do that. So when he told the athletic director, I'd kind of like this booster not to be around anymore, the athletic director basically decided, you know what? I think your wife should sacrifice her butt for the program. We'll allow him to stay. Now, if Ray Anderson's here, he's going nuts. He's saying, that's not what happened. I didn't do that. I didn't. Well, listen, if you don't stand up to it, then you're condoning it. And then because Dave Cohen dare decided to stand up for his wife, well, then they decide, you know what, Dave, you're a troublemaker. We don't really want you around because we don't like people that defend their wife's honor versus boosters that are giving us money. We choose booster. And so they got rid of Dave Cohen. So I didn't know that there's another person in that position that Bobby Hurley supports and likes. I didn't know that. But I I liked his comment. So he said he's getting what he needed. But I do think there's a little bit of political correctness in that because wouldn't you like to have one? And he did say, you know, in a perfect world, we'd have one. Yeah. I don't think it's perfect, though, to have an athletic director in three and a half months. Sorry, I'm getting back up on the... Like, could you see me getting on the, the soapbox again? Like, okay, let's pull back. I'll talk more about ASU and U of A actually game-wise in a minute, but let's get to Suns. Suns a winner last night, 136 to 120. I think the stats of this game are kind of important. Suns shot 50% from three, 62% from the field. That's enormous, and it has everything to do with this number. 35 assists. I don't know if you got to see last night's game. But the ball movement was so much better. Oh, my gosh. It was just fantastic the way they were continually moving the ball. And because of that, Brooklyn, who has a tremendous speed advantage over the Suns, just couldn't keep up. No matter what, I, I, I do this drill with every kid's team I ever coach in soccer and basketball because it's so easy. I claim to all of them that I can get the ball, let's say to the end line, the baseline, whatever, faster than them, okay? And they've they've already learned how to dribble. So whether it's soccer or basketball, 
we'll stand like at the 18 in soccer or we'll stand at the free throw line in basketball. And, and they think because I'm old, there's no way I can get to the baseline or goal line faster than them. So I sit there acting like I'm going to dribble. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You ready? One, two, three, go. And as soon as I yell go, they start dribbling. And then I just whoosh, and I, I throw the ball to an assistant coach who's standing in the baseline. Hey, I got the ball there faster than you did. It just doesn't dawn on him. Passing is always faster. And therefore, it doesn't matter the speed of the Brooklyn Nets. When you're moving the ball, they can't keep up. It led to a fantastic day by Kevin Durant because defense played reasonably well. They got a lot of fast break points. KD went uh, for 33 points and five boards, and he had a two-man game going with Nurkic. That was fantastic. Nurkic had uh, 28 and 11, almost a season high in points, clean double-double, and even threw in six assists because they kept using him as kind of a point center because Brooklyn couldn't match up with Nurkic. It was a fantastic game plan, fantastic player execution, fantastic energy. Every element of the game, namely in the second half, Suns did great. They won the third quarter 42-26, to okay? A lot of good things to talk about with the Suns. Before I get into uh, what KD said about the Suns, let's have some fun. I think a lot of you know this. But in case you don't, Mikael Bridges, beloved member of the Suns and very close friend to Devin Booker. And Mikael Bridges, when he came into the league, was not 3 and D. He was just D. He was a good man and D. Played great defense and a good dunker. Ran the floor well offensively, so he did that offensively. But below, not terrible, but below average shooter, not a good three-point shooter. And the guy worked all the time on getting that shot. There were two different occasions, I can tell you a personal story, where I had an event at what was not then Footprint Center, but I had an event there where I was hosting something. And then it's, the, you know, it's a Thursday night, there's no game, anything like that. And Mikhail Bridges, the practice gym used to be in the arena, and Mikhail Bridges is walking through the event because he's just there working. And one of the years was right after his rookie year when he, when he wasn't really well-known. And like the, the people that were at the event were kind of like, is that his son? <laughs> you know, like, yes, he's someone's son. Yes, here's Mikhail's, here, here's his dad's cell phone number. I don't have his, but I have his dad's. You know, <laughs> he's a son. No, 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 is he a player? Yeah, he's a player. Oh, wow, wow. Then the second year, it was, hey, that's Mikhail Bridges. Well, whenever Mikhail Bridges made a three after he started really working on a shot, he would do this little dance like, oh, you don't think I can hit this. And then he would go up, and it was almost like the three was a gun, so it was a little trigger, and he'd come up like this. And then he'd do this little head snap kind of dance. You could tell I have no soul as I'm trying to do it. But that was his little dance to say, oh, I just nonchalantly hit a shot that you didn't think I could do. And now he still does it. Last night, he switches on to D-Book. Booker hits a corner three. Guess what D-Book does? Beal says, no, sir. KD up ahead to Buck from the catch and shoot. Boom! Now, as soon as the shot went up, I think Bridges knew something was happening because he tried to defend it and then Bridges turned his back and walked away. 
So Booker starts the dance and Bridges doesn't see it. But Bridges isn't going to look. Because what's funny is Bridges is walking away from his bench. The coach calls a timeout and Bridges doesn't turn and go to his bench. So he then finally turns and stops. And, may, and Booker makes sure he's still doing the dance as he runs by. And Bridges, there's a different camera angle that shows Bridges with this half I hate you smile because <laughs> he knows it's his good friend. And that's fun. I mean, these are millionaire athletes who give their soul to the game sometimes. And to see them in a moment be able to play a little backyard fun. That's, that's awesome trash right there. That was fun. All right, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, typical, you know, regular speech, Cassidy Hubbard comes up, she's of ESPN, and, uh, and asks the questions uh, about this game and, and, and how were you able to, you know, dominate the Nets in this way and come back into the old building. And it's kind of funny that that happened because KD immediately switched it to team. Oh, it was cool, man. It's good to be back here. I love these rounds. I love playing in front of this crowd. You know, Brooklyn's one of my favorite barrels, and excited we got the win. They beat us. They beat us up at our place last time, so we wanted to come out here and you know avenge that loss. And I'm glad we was able to uh, get to over 500 on this road trip. So that was a big concern of ours, and it's a good win. I like that because it's an individual question, and he immediately switched it to team. The next one from KD is all about Nurkic, and I can't stress this enough. I am, I'm going to be, like, the Suns lost the fourth quarter again, 33-30. to 30. Wasn't bad, but they lost the fourth quarter. But I'm not going to be totally sold on the Suns until they're doing it against the best teams, until they're doing it in, in more difficult situations, okay? Beat the, like, here, here's an example. They still have two more games off the top of my head on this road trip. I believe they go to Atlanta for a game tomorrow night, and then over the weekend they have a game in uh, Washington. And then I think they come home, if I'm correct. And then they take on Milwaukee in their first home game. Okay, Next two games are against weak teams, if I'm right about the schedule. And then, oh boy, Milwaukee. I bring this up for this reason. Do it against Milwaukee actually dominate the fourth quarter against Milwaukee, or at least win the fourth quarter against Milwaukee. Win the game by playing your style of basketball. If they do that, now let's talk about the chemistry, the gelling, and, and give them the credit for all the speed bumps that they overcame at the beginning of the season. But you earn that credit. I don't want to just hear Coach Vogel saying, hey, we've won nine of our last 11. You're playing teams below 500, okay? I'm not jumping up and down. Is it better than the alternative? Of course it is. But listen, be consistent. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat and the teams that are hard. You're the Suns. You're supposed to be a contender, all right? You have an owner that spent out the wazoo to put you in this position. Frank Vogel, you said, when you looked right at me and said, you love the expectations. I said it's championship or nothing. It's not champion, even championship or bust. It's championship or failure. And you said you embrace that. Okay. If you embrace that, then start bringing it. And don't take credit because you've won against below 500 teams. Well, the reason why I went on that little soapbox is because of this. If there's a dynamic where Nurkic truly joins the big three, 
I'm never going to call it a big four. Nurkic is never going to be Embiid, and he's never going to be Giannis. But there's no reason why he can't be a top five center in the league. I'm being serious. Once you take out Jokic, once you take out Embiid, once you take out Giannis, okay? Who is four, five, six as the best centers in basketball? Who would you say? Why can't Nurkic be in that group at least when he's playing with these guys? Maybe he couldn't be a standalone top five center in the league. But with this group, oh, yeah. Why can't he have a double-double and five assists almost every game? When you have a team this good, I think he can. Last night he was fantastic. If I can name you five centers that are better than Yusuf Nurkic, can can I – Absolutely, absolutely, and, and I just threw that out there, and I, I'd love to hear. So we know the top three. I gave you three. Give, okay. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing that Nurkic should be in these tracks. Well, I, I'm not Jay Kidd. Okay, <laughs> Nurkic is not in the atmosphere of of Joker, Embiid, and Giannis. But start at number four. Who do you think is the fourth best center in basketball? I mean, would, I would possibly give the nod to not to Carl Anthony Towns. Gosh, I have to. I just, I've always had a hard time looking at him as a center because what does he, yeah, I do have to say he's a center. You're right. You're right. Well, even then, I would still but put, we, I would put DeMonte Sabonis over Yusuf Nurkic. Gosh, these are so weird centers, but you're right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Well, do you count him as a four? Do you just count DeMonte You know, Sabonis it's weird. I'm old. So, in, in the modern game, he's 100% a five. Like, it's not even a discussion. But for me, that's what a power forward would do. But, yeah, you're right. Sabonis is a five, okay? And, yeah, I don't want to put AD in there. I, I kind of don't want to put Jared, Jared Allen in Cleveland. Jared Allen in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I'm thinking about his numbers, and I, I like his anger. He, he plays angrier. He, he does rebound better than Nurkic. And uh, yeah, that one's close. That one's actually close, close yeah. though, because Nurkic to me has a better all-around offensive game. Obviously, athleticism. Okay, that's Allen. But the all-around offensive moves, I would give it to Nurkic. But for the role of rebounding and alley oops, I'm obviously going Allen. I will give you Allen, but I at least say it's close. And then, do you have? The AD thing has to be brought up. I mean, technically he's a center, so now I'm down to seventh. You know, I'm now I, I said, why can't he be four, five, and six? And now I'm asking, can you let me have seven? <laughs> uh, so there's a, there's a little bit of a recantation here. So I'll say, hey, I was close, but at least I'm arguing with Allen. You know, I'm yeah. giving it to you, but at least I'm still looking at Nurkic saying, why can't you be in the four, five, six category? Um, he can. He definitely can. Yeah. But it's just – I just think the talent is just insane right here in the league. And Yusuf Nurkic, right. I don't think he's – I don't think he's there yet, especially when he has having, having similar numbers to DeAndre. Yeah, he has, to be, he has to be up there. And you're right. I mean, he, ha- he has to get himself there. Yes. And, uh, and he's not. That was, that was a great tidbit by you. The, the, the setup for it is KD talking about Nurkic and what Nurkic was able to do and I loved seeing these two in a two-man game. Yeah, I mean, they played small, and they wanted to switch all our actions and slow us down. And we told Nurk that, you know, you can bury these guys in the post and get whatever you want. So take your time. And he got us going there in that first half, and we cruised from there. I, the reason why I love that so much 
is because here is KD Book, Bradley Beals, the three, and I mean the three as in in the big three, not at position. And yet the team is saying, Nurk, this is you. The team is saying, this is your game because of the mismatch that they're going to create by get, trying to stop us. And in trying to stop them, you still have, I mean, think about this. You still have Booker and KD going for 55. So the two of them are amounting for 55. So the Nets really didn't stop Booker and KD, and Nurkic got off for 28. So I look at that and say, and this is a great point by Izzy, if Nurkic is playing against Giannis, do you really expect Nurkic to have better numbers? Okay, if he's playing against the big three centers, let's remove them. And I do have to say Anthony Davis. He's, he's had a good season. He deserves to be in the All-Star game. So now I'm starting at number five. So when we look at five, six, and seven, and exactly what uh, Izzy was talking about, when we look at Allen and when we look at Sabonis and we look at the other guys that are in that category, do you expect Nurkic to outplay those guys? And I would actually say I do expect him to outplay Allen one-on-one. And before you go, wait, what? What? I would, if it's a game of one-on-one, I'm taking Allen. But if it's a game of five-on-five with the Suns players and Allen has Donovan Mitchell and not nearly the firepower of the Suns, I would say because the defense has to worry about so many other things for the Cavs than the Suns would in worrying about the Cavs, Nurkic should have better numbers at the end of the day than Allen. Would it actually happen? I don't know. I don't know. But that's the category I would put Nurkic in. With this team, you need to be in this argument. Now, if I'm a GM and I have my pick of the litter of centers, I'm basically going with everybody Izzy mentioned before Nurkic. But if I'm looking at the Suns as a team and then saying, okay, Nurkic, you have better weapons than a lot of those other centers do. Therefore, you should be in this category. You should be in this atmosphere. And I, I will set the bar at the top six, but, but agreeing he isn't there yet. I was wrong to put him there, but he needs to be there because of the team he's on. I love those conversations, by the way. Izzy, talk more often and unplugged army. That's exactly why Town Hall Tuesday is here. I mean, interact more. If I say something, you go, wait a minute. I'm not with you on this. Man, fire me something off. Where I get pissy, and I admit it, is when somebody adds, shake my head, you're a joke, blah, blah. If you disagree with me, let's have a great talk. If I'm wrong, I'm going to say, you know what, I, I, I got that one wrong. But you can imagine you sit here for two hours, you think of stuff off the top of your head, and then you realize, oh, you know, I deserve to get busted on that. But the shake my head means I'm so much smarter than you. Okay, you might know more about basketball than I do. So educate me. Just like I love the game and I want to educate other people that don't know the game as well as me. If you know it better, educate me. I'm not above that. But don't be a jerk. But, man, I love it. I love Town Hall Tuesday when somebody points out a debatable point. Say, Doug, I think you're wrong on this. You make the show better when you disagree with class. And it's about the show. It's not about me. It's about Unplugged being the best podcast. It's what I want. I'm not there yet, but I want that. Why not set the bar there? Why not set the bar at being the best? Do I want to take over the world? Not really, but I think we can take over Arizona. (laughs) 
I'm not joking. Like, why not in four to five years, Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, is the go-to place for inside information for hard-hitting opinions that shock the world that aren't being given in order to shock the world. I don't want my opinions to just be, hey, let's say, let's say this today just to piss somebody off. That makes no sense to me because then I'm not saying something I believe in. Say what you believe, but don't be afraid to say it. And for years and years and years in this city, powers that be don't let people say what's actually going on. They have to find the fine suck-up line. And if you don't believe me, think about this. Why would people give up information unless they want you to talk positively about what's going on? So therefore, you sell your soul. If you have a lot of sources, sometimes you do it to sell your soul, where you say, you know what, I'll say good things about this trade if you tell me about the trade first. Man, have I pissed off people that are still in this city where they gave me information. I said, oh, thanks. And then I went public with it and said, I don't like this trade. Like, what? Why would you do that to me? I'm not going to give you information anymore. I said, okay, don't give me information anymore. But I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie. It's a bad trade. No, it's not. Is it? No, that's a bad trade. You guys did a bad trade, and therefore, I, that was my opinion. Then I don't get that information anymore. So be it. I got to say what I think. That's the way it is. Hopefully, you appreciate that. Uh, coming up next, I want to do U of A. I want to do ASU, and I mean hoop tonight. Also got some interesting things football-wise that have kind of grabbed me a little bit that I want to get into with you. And then Steve McCollum will be along with uh, highlighting what's coming up in the main event. And I need to rebound from a bad versus Vegas night. That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on the home of the Rattlers and Sugar Skulls. This is WTSMTV.com. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old. And I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. U of A, 6.30 tonight. ASU, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, ASU is on national television, so I'm not going to the game tonight. It'll be easier for me to stay home and watch it on television and get ready for tomorrow's show. Um, I'm hoping to have Dana Scott on tomorrow's show. Dana Scott was scheduled to come on today. And we were going to record last night, and he apologized like crazy. Like, just like crazy just now in a text. Said, Doug, I crashed. I, to- I just, I did not mean to do that. I'm so sorry about it. And I, look, Dana, you're, you're coming on for free. How am I going to complain about free? It's all good. So I said, hey, can you reschedule? Do you want to come on tonight? When I say tonight, I mean I record it from home, and then we'll have him on tomorrow to talk Suns and basketball in general. And we're going to bring – and. And he is a very knowledgeable basketball dude. So with our good discussion with, that we just had uh, between Izzy and I about Nurkic, we'll bring Dana Scott into that conversation as well and have him uh, talk about it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
but then I'm going to try to go to ASU's game Saturday because they, you know, I just talked about getting a beer, but the game's at like one, and I'll be at Burrito Express in Tempe. I don't know what I'll do. Beer is always more important than work. So if a lot of people say, hey, Doug, let's go get a beer Saturday, I'm going to do that. But if it's okay if you don't. Uh, just make sure you get to Burrito Express, but then I'll just run over to the game. Um, okay, let's talk ASU first and uh, some of the comments from Bobby Hurley. I already played you one of them about the athletic director. Let's now focus uh, on the actual game. And this is a great conversation where this is my number one beef with Bobby Hurley. And I love Bobby Hurley. But to me, you can't keep losing games season after season for the same reason. They lose because they don't rebound well and they don't shoot well. And then Bobby gets upset that they're not shooting well. And I, I look at it and say, wait a minute. Uh, uh, you've got guys that aren't great shooters shooting shots. And he says, wait. I've seen these guys make it. So he talks about ASU shooting freedom right here. I've seen these guys in shooting drills and scrimmages and other games, other years. I know they could all make the shots, you know, or else I would, you know, wouldn't let them take them. Now, you get to a certain point and the numbers are what they are at a certain point in the season. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not good at that right now, you know, shooting the ball mainly from three more than two, but uh, there's still time to, for guys to, you know, to find themselves and, and be able to execute, and make those shots. I've told this story before and I'm sorry to retell it. If you've heard it enough where you're like, Doug, I, I, I'm tired of that story. But one of the great moments of my life was being able to be the host of the last ever Dick Vermeil show. Dick Vermeil, Hall of Fame head football coach, Super Bowl champion with the Rams, was the coach of the Chiefs. He retired at the end of the season and didn't realize he still had one contractual obligation to do the Dick Vermeil show, which was a radio show. Well, Tim Grunhard is my radio partner and he's the host of the show and Grunny didn't know he had another show either and was out of town at the end of the season. So they asked me to host it. Sure, no problem. So Arrowhead Stadium is totally dark. We're in the radio booth, and that's the only light on other than exit lights. It's the only light on in the entire building. And Dick Vermeil comes walking up and sweats in a sweatshirt and kind of looks at me with that look that says, okay, I've seen you in press conferences all the time. I was close with the coordinators. I didn't know Dick Vermeil very well. And I said, Coach, I'm Doug. And he goes, yeah, I know. Hi, Doug. And then sat down and was ready to go. So during the show, at one point I asked him, is there something that you kind of wished you knew? I don't mean a regret, but is there, is there one kind of thorn in your side that you just never got over? It was really an interesting answer. He said, I wish I would have learned sooner that somebody who shows me they can do something once but continually proves over and over again they can't repeat it. I wish I would have learned to quit trying to get them to do it. And what he meant by that statement is you as a coach sometimes see somebody do something and you believe in them so much. You care about that person so much that you consider it your job to consistently get them at that level and keep going higher. And at some point, you have to realize that guy can't do that. And I'm continually putting him in that position to do it. 
That's my fault. In a sense, it's your fault for believing in that guy that much. Your assessment of him is wrong. And I totally get it as a coach. I totally get it. As a youth coach, I actually didn't care if I failed, if I failed along the side of believing in my kid. Because I felt like at that age, it was more important for that kid to know I will believe in them for the rest of their life. I wanted to be that person that showed them beyond a shadow of a doubt, I believe in you. I admit, if I ever had gotten to the level of a varsity coach, that's the level I would have stopped doing that. I I would have said, if you can't do the job, it's my job to put you in a position where you can do it or find somebody that can't. Either way, okay? I still want you to love me as your coach, but... My job is to now win at the varsity level. That's what I would have done differently if I would have moved up. And that's Dick Vermeil saying that. And I remember a line from Bill Parcells, who stole it from a famous writer, and I don't remember why she said this. But as it relates to sports, he said, when a player shows you who they are, believe them. (laughs) It's great. Quit acting like because you drafted them in the first round, and they're showing you they're a fourth-round pick, that they, sh- they belong as a fourth-round or as a first-round guy. You're wrong. They're not a first-round guy. Accept it. Deal with it. Move on. And if the fourth-round guy shows you how good he is, it doesn't matter. You're screwing the team by holding him back. One of the best examples of this is what Pete Carroll did. There's a guy named Matt Flynn, backup quarterback for the Packers. While Aaron Rodgers is hurt, he lit it up. I still think to this day he's the only guy in Packers history to throw six touchdown passes at Lambeau. That's crazy. So he parlayed that into a great contract to be the starting quarterback of the Seahawks. Well, the Seahawks are sitting there with a third-round pick, and they think, wow, we we actually liked Russell Wilson as a first-rounder, and this guy's still there. Like, we weren't going to draft him in the first round. We don't need a quarterback. But he's still there in the third round. Let's draft him. Okay. Russell Wilson totally blew away Matt Flynn in the preseason. And the coach had the courage to say, you know what? Matt Flynn, you're not as good as Russell Wilson. Russell started day one as a rookie on a team that wasn't supposed to play him. They had their starting quarterback. Why do I bring all that up? Bobby Hurley, don't tell me at some point in the season the numbers are what they are. The numbers are what they were in November, December, and at the end of, and at the middle of January. It's now the end of January. Your team is not a three-point shooting team. They're not bad at shooting the three. When you get a steal, run a fast break, get a paint touch, and kick it back out for a wide-open three. Your guys hit threes in an energy rhythm. They're not pure shooters. They're energy players. So when the crowd is going crazy, the energy is good, the ball is popping, it becomes an athletic muscle memory shot, and they're good at it. You're a disaster at contested threes, and you're not good at one-on-one threes. Even if somebody does a step back, even if somebody makes a move and they have a window to get the shot off, they're still not good at it. I love you, Bobby. But this open attitude of, hey, I'm giving them the shooting freedom because I've seen them make it. All right, have you seen them make it in the moment, in the pressure situation? The answer is not often enough to keep keep an open window. 
All right, here's the next one. Um, he was asked about the struggles of the offense and just trying to move people into a confident position. It was a good question, but Bobby kind of took it into a different spot, and I think this is a really important conversational point. We have a certain style, a certain way that we play, and uh, I don't think we're built to, you know, just milk the ball, take the air out of the ball, and then hope someone can make a shot late in the clock. We can't really throw it inside like that. We, uh, you know, we have to be able to get out and transition before defense could get set and find a way to get a, an easy shot that way. So I, I'm not going to micromanage uh, the offense. It's, uh, you know, you got to trust your players. This is who we have in Arizona State uniforms playing. And I don't play to be conservative and, and hope that the other team misses. And, and, you know, if the other team wants to play very deliberate and slow, and they have the guards to do that, and we're in that type of game, well, we got to survive that type of game. But that's not my preference. It's never been my preference. Uh, it's why you saw the crowd as excited as it was in the USC game, because, you know, we were active, making plays, getting out in the open court, dunking the ball. Crowd was going nuts. That's what I want people to come here and watch. I don't want to come here and watch the paint dry here at the, at the DFA Center. The way it kind of tailed off at the end, you might not have realized it, but the DFA, Desert Financial Arena. Um, I love the basis of the comment. Love it. And I want that style too. But, Bobby, here's the thing. You have to recruit to that style, and then once the players are there, you've got to go with what you've got. That's vitally important. So... I listen to him and I say, you're right, man, that USC game was incredible and your defense was incredible. And I've been screaming for years, go to the 40 minutes of hell style of basketball. I think that's what would be best for you. But you've got to embrace it and your players aren't always doing it. And then for you to say, this is our style. Okay, your style can't be shoot a bunch of threes and miss. Like that, That's really the style right now of ASU basketball. You have to recruit to your style, but then coach what you end up with. And right now, you don't have the players that are playing the style that you want. So, therefore, you got to coach what you have. Um, this last one, I think, is really, really important. He was asked about the team, and it was kind of another repeat question about you know, where are you right now in the season and and the players doing this, players doing that? And he kind of took this in a different direction, which I think is really meaningful, but also kind of shows the selfishness that's on this ASU team and maybe a lot of teams. I think these kids are under a lot of pressure, too. It's like, you know, they have social media. They have their own circles. People like, hey, are you going to get to the league? Well, you know. What are you doing a month from now? Are you have you had a good enough season statistically to for individual goals? I think uh, important to stay in the moment and and think about getting better every day and not you know what's going to happen a month from now or where you know where's our season going? Like I think you you can put too much pressure on yourself and looking forward too much forward to what's going to happen and not just thinking about this week and these practices and getting ready for Stanford. And if you do that, I think we'll will maybe relax and have better success. 
man, do I have a lot of thoughts on that. Number one, thank you. I think that's powerful. I think it's important for us to realize these are 19, 20-year-old kids that have that many voices in their head. That's really important to acknowledge. At the same time, you know when I really love that statement, Bobby? I really love that in November. I still totally accept it in December. Not on January 31st. If you're still in that discussion of players are listening to the circles more than the coaches, you're still in the in the area of where players are thinking, in order to get to the league, this is what I've got to be doing. Bobby, that's actually now on you. You either recruited selfish guys, and let's face it, every single athlete to a certain level has an ego and has a dream, okay? We're not trying to squash the dream. But when you watch Arizona State basketball, how many of you, as even the most rose-colored glasses Sun Devil fan, how many of you are watching ASU basketball and think, I'm watching the NBA? (laughs) I got to ask, who in their right mind is telling these players, this is what you've got to get to get to the league? These individual human beings, God bless them, are so far away from being NBA players right now. It's it's not close. So if they if, if we're having discussions still on January 31st of the pressure that's on the guys because people are in their ears talking to them about the NBA and about what they need to do to get to the league, holy crap. Bobby, that should have been nixed six weeks ago. That's not good for anybody. That's dumb on the part of the circles that shows you they don't know what they're talking about. It's dumb on the players. You've got to be focused on team. Do you not think the NBA notices that you're focused on yourself? Don't you think that that's an important ability to be a winner? Obviously, you could use throw Brock Purdy in my face. That it, Maybe it doesn't matter to be a winner. People are still going to look down on you. But guys, you're not even close. You are not even close. That's kind of a scary comment. I think it's rewarding to hear it because I do want us to treat kids like kids. But at the same time, you've now decided when you take NIL money, you've in a sense accepted to be a professional. And that brings a different level of pressure. At the same time, you didn't have to choose ASU. You could have got, as much as I love my beloved Bobcats, let's face it, I'm in the MAC. You could have chosen to go to a MAC school. You could have chosen to go D2, D3. You could have chosen if you had your dreams of being a professional going straight to Europe right from the beginning. You didn't choose that. So therefore, the pressure comes with the choices. So on the one hand, I want to honor the fact that they're kids, but on the other hand, I want to say, hey, you you accepted this. That's, that's not good. That's not good for that to be a January comment, although it's very telling about how much he cares. I want to separate those two points. Let's go to U of A. And uh, Tommy Lloyd, uh, they, they're in the opposite, of course. I think you know the Pac-12's travel schedules. So both no-cal teams are coming here. ASU has Stanford first. U of A has Cal first. Then they flip. ASU plays Saturday. U of A plays Sunday over the weekend. Tonight against Cal, 630. And uh, U of A is by far supposed to be better than Cal. So I, I'm not really worried about the matchup necessarily. But what I liked was some kind of philosophical stuff in which one of the questions to Tommy Lloyd yesterday was, 
you've made it apparent you're tired of talking about the great streak that whenever you lose, your guys come back and win. You want to put together winning streaks so it's not always about rebounding from a loss. It's about win the game that is a loss. What are you going to do about it? I like that conversation. And, and the guy says, is it about you know those 10-minute stretches where you have great energy? Is it just about getting them to play 40 minutes? Like I said, I think you can dissect this stuff any way you want. Um, you know, we, we just got to play better. I mean, and, and, and you can give the old, oh, you know, the, the 40 minutes cliche, but, you know, you, you can't foul seven times under 10 seconds on a shot clock, you know, and, and whether those are all good calls or bad calls, it doesn't matter. They were called fouls. You can't give up five made threes under five seconds on a shot clock, you know. A couple of those are really hard shots, and a couple of them maybe we could have influenced a little bit more. Um, just things like that, you know, and, and then offensively, you know, you, you, you got to put together great possessions after great possessions. And I, I felt like on that road trip, I think we shot over 50% both games, you know, not, not that I wouldn't want to, you know, I always want a little bit more, but, but, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're, we're not, you know, dwelling on this stuff or, or overthinking it. I thought we played really good on Saturday. I, I think we've had another good week of preparation. So, you know, I'm excited to see how we come out tomorrow. The reason why I love that one is that's not analytics, but that's hardcore stats of sucking. <laughs> okay. Why are we not getting it done? This is why. I loved seven fouls under 10 seconds on the shot clock. That is specific to fatigue, whether it be mental or physical. You have a 30-second shot clock. You've played good defense for 20 to 25 seconds, and then you foul. Then you foul. That means everybody was doing their job, and then you for a second got behind mentally. And when I say mentally, that means like you were slow on a rotation. Now you're out of position and you're forced to foul. Or you got physically tired playing defense and got lazy, didn't move your feet, moved your hands, you picked up a foul. And then to throw in. And again, I love Bobby Hurley. But again, to throw in, I don't care whether it's a good call or not. It was called. Deal with it. Do you see the differences? Tommy Lloyd, deal with it. Coach, I don't want to tell you how I'm feeling right now. Okay? The difference between Lloyd and Hurley right there. Lloyd just saying, I don't care about the refs. It's a foul today. And you fouled seven times in the last 10 seconds. Great analysis on his part the five threes under five seconds that to me is let's just let's discuss the shot was it a good shot if it's a good shot like i mean if it's a i don't want to say lucky but if it's just man he just puts up a prayer and it's a contested three so be it crap happens but he nailed it if it's an open three in which, again, mental fatigue or physical fatigue, you didn't get out there to contest. So you played 25 seconds of good defense and then gave up a, a three. That's terrible. I love that analysis from him. And then um, this was kind of interesting. U of A fans, you'll know more about this than me. I don't understand this. I don't know whether this was a meeting with the president or whether it was on the Board of Regents agenda, but according to a member of the Tucson media, there was an agenda item to discuss Tommy Lloyd contract extension. And then that agenda line was pulled. So now it wasn't to be talked about. And he was kind of hinting, why did that happen? Does that upset you? Blah, blah, blah. And listen to how Tommy Lloyd just explains it kind of easily. I mean, it was as simple as that. I, I don't know why it was on there. It's probably just a small 
oversight, you know, but, but, you know, we're, we're definitely, you know, working hard behind the scenes to make sure that we, you know, we, we, we find an agreement and, and I'm excited about it. I mean, last night, I'll just say this, Arizona is a great place. Last night we had a social with over 200 employees from the athletic department for a happy hour at culinary dropout. We had a great time. And this is a special place to work. And, and I think people inside this building realize that. And it's on us right now to, to make, take the next steps as an organization and make it an unbelievable culture. And, and so that's what we're going to do. And, and so I'm, I'm excited to be part of it, lead it, whatever you want, you know, to follow it. I mean, I'm, I'm all in. Um, I gave a bad timestamp to Izzy or Jeff. Sorry, guys. The way he just said, um, it's as simple as that. Right before that, he says, because nothing's been agreed to. It's as simple as that. Like, why was that agenda? Why was that line pulled off the agenda? Well, nothing's been agreed to. It's as simple as that. So from the one standpoint, meaning there's no real drama in the sense that somebody put it on an agenda line because, hey, we need to talk about this. And they, they might have done it a month ago, two weeks ago, because they assumed the contract would be done. Contract's not done. Hey, pull that off the agenda. Great job media finding that. But the question becomes, hey, well, then why isn't it done? What are they still negotiating? Which, again, probably falls into this lap of problems of U of A financially. So that's the huge negative spotlight on the beginning of that quote. But if you're a U of A fan, how about the huge positive part at the end? All everybody in the athletic department got together, went to culinary dropout, screwed around. We're coming together, and that's basically one of those things where we don't have an athletic director right now. We don't have a president that supports us. So what? So what? We can still do our job, and I'm happy to lead it or be a part of it. I was a big fan of that. A, a big fan of what Tommy Lloyd said. I am hoping and praying there's a plan. There might not be, but I'm hoping and praying there's a plan. My team, the Washington, whoever we are this week, does not have a head coach. They're the only team in the NFL that does not have a head coach. That either means three things. They have no plan. The guy that they want is not taking the job for the low pay of what they're offering. Or number three, they know who their guy is and he's still coaching. I'm going to pray that it's number three. I'm going to pray that it's number three. And the reason why I'm going to pray that it's number three is because of the fact that Steve Wilkes is still coaching. Now, the way Steve Wilkes handled the situation with the Arizona Cardinals, I at first blamed Steve Wilkes. And I heard all kinds of things about silly fines, silly amounts of discipline that no adult would really want to deal with almost like he was a high school hairy coach and a lot of people behind the scenes ripped him okay that happened all the time so therefore okay but then when I now know what I know in talking to so many people and learning about the Terry McDonough situation now I believe it wasn't on Steve Wilkes at all and I was dead wrong then that's proven when he was the interim head coach of the Panthers. He was fantastic. That team was terrible, didn't have a quarterback, and he almost got them into the playoffs last year. Then he became the 49ers defensive coordinator. If Washington is hiring Steve Wilkes and they can't do anything because of the Super Bowl, great. If, he's, if they're not, oh boy. 
Why did we even get a new owner then? Now Steve McCollum's mic is ready to go. And, hey! and, and he is totally... Oh, you sound wonderful. Hey, hey, really quick on that Lloyd situation. Yeah. Uh, you have a $230 million deficit school-wide, $33 million athletic department uh, you know, uh, deficit. Uh, he just got fired because of that. And you're taking 200 of your athletic department people to culinary dropout to have a good time and spend money. That doesn't sound very smart to me, Doug. First of all, fantastic point. <laughs> if I was good at my job, I would have thought of that. If you, Secondly, yeah, are, yeah. are we sure that the the athletic department paid for it? That's the one thing. Who else would have paid for it? It doesn't matter. Whether it's the school, the athletic department, are you saying a, a booster or something? I'm wondering if there's any chance, and I, this, this is, uh, I'm just hoping that it's not what happened, okay? That, this is me totally reaching because you are so right. I don't want to know that that actually happened, yeah. but- Maybe it was all trade and buy and buy your own alcohol. That it was, hey, we're culinary dropout. No. You give us ads on the big screen. You give us this. No. And we're going to give you $500 worth of food, but no. you have to buy your own beer. No, no. Two, no, no, no. No, because you don't take your employees Please. out. You don't take your employees out and then go buy your own beer. We're going to go celebrate being on a part oh, of the I best bet university. Oh, I would. Yes, he, and I he will flat say they out, do that. Doug, he flat out said, uh, you know, uh, this is a great place to work. You know, if, if it's a great place to work, you pay for the beer. Maybe Tommy did, and he didn't want to say it. Maybe yeah, Tommy paid no, for the beer. I got news for you. He's got money. I got, I got news for you. That's how that works, man. I just uh, want to was, make sure that everybody for. knows. I believe I'm right, even though there's zero logic behind anything I just said. That I'm totally reaching, yeah, no. and every fact seems to point in Steve's direction. Yeah, I just uh, been in those situations, and if you're invited out, and you're like, hey, let's all go hang out and celebrate being part of Arizona, and I showed up, and they were yeah. like, you got to buy your own stuff, I would have been like, why am I here? I could have bought my own dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, just a small little point there that he pointed out uh, that kind of alarmed me a little I'm bit. I'm hoping. Maybe it was, you know what? Maybe Noah Fafita paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah, his new uh, NIL deal. Yeah, maybe Lopez paid for it, Yes, right? yes. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping because you are so <laughs> right. I mean, it's If that it's was in an the, athletic department bill. Yeah, but to be fair, it's in the budget, right? It's it's in there. It's just, it just goes back to that not a good look. Yes, you're uh, right. And then just for Lloyd to just casually be like, oh, we took 200 people out for dinner. Yeah. Oh, oh what? Yeah. <laughs> You are so okay. right. I wonder if anybody's talking about that in Tucson. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I hadn't heard those quotes. You're the first person I heard say it. Yeah. That was the first thing that hit me. Yeah, so. that's a that's a fantastic point by And you. also, uh, if they are just curiously keep spending money like this, uh, man, I want to go work for Arizona. If they're just needlessly <laughs> giving money away. That's a, uh, that, would be, that would be weird. Because there's one thing about U of A. Unless you can work from home. I people think I'm an ASU fan. I don't hate U of A like the average ASU fan yeah. does. I hate Tucson. Yeah, I can't stand Tucson. Now up in the hills, yeah. Yeah. man, that's gourges. Some love, of the golf courses. In, yeah, you live but, up in Catalina. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, anywhere else, uh, but this, yeah, yeah. 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 can't uh, can't stand the. <laughs> Do you like dirt? Tucson's for you. <laughs> what's uh, what's coming up on the main event today? Uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, basketball stuff coming your way. Look, we had an Eric Gordon signing last night. Yeah, who was yeah. that guy? Yeah, uh, and then uh, of course Sweet Lou joins us at uh, seven thirty. Oh, it's a thir- yeah, it's a Thursday. Oh, eight thirty. Uh, Sweet Lou coming up, and yeah. uh, and uh, is he coming up next week too? I mean, are you doing hardcore Super Bowl well, stuff, or are you just well, kind of UFC? I mean, UFC is yeah. the focus, but yeah, uh, he's going to have prop bets for us uh, this week, I believe, and then next week, yeah, we'll delve into the game and. All that good stuff, plus uh, UFC betting. Which UFC have uh, he's he's got me to kind of like UFC a little yeah. bit because uh, I generally uh, thought it just barbaric and stupid. So so there's a there's a silly prop. Here you go. 
You're not going to do Kelsey Gatorade, receptions versus Taylor Swift platinum albums. Now, it's not the future of Taylor Swift. She has 10 of them. I was going to say, she's got... She's got 10 platinum albums, so therefore, are you saying Kelsey gets 11 receptions in the Super Bowl or Taylor Swift wins the prop? How how many did he have in the AFC Championship? Like eight? I think he had 11. Oh, was it 11? I think he had... This is totally off the top of my head. I think he seriously had like nine for a buck 30 in the first half and then caught two for like 10 more yards in the second half. They kept taking him out of the game uh, because he's old, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah. I would go over because the Chiefs are going to be down and they got to hit. They got to throw. That was just a shot. I I get it. I'm I'm struggling on that one because I do think the Chiefs are going to win, and therefore Kelsey's going to need the ball. Okay. But at the same time, if I'm wrong and the 49ers win, probably the reason why they won is because Kelsey didn't get the ball. So I think it goes by. I think that's one of those parlay bets. If you think it's the 49ers. Add that prop and take the under. And if you think it's the Chiefs, add the prop and take the over. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, exactly. And we have a week to go. The amount of money being put on the Super Bowl this early, early is record-breaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which tells you, because this is the sharp money, right? The professionals. Yep. Yep. Which tells you they think Vegas has this line wrong yeah. uh, going into this game. So it's going to be interesting to see where it ends up at. And you combine more legalized betting states with the first Vegas Super Bowl. You've got that aspect too. There's going to be a ton more money. Oh, the spent amount on this of people thing. that are going to get into Vegas and be like, "Oh, I'm going to get on my app." Yeah. Oh, I can't. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be too. astonishing. That's true too. All right, have a good show. Yeah. The main event every weekday morning, eight to ten, with Dale Hellestray, and then new programming note. Izzy is now working uh, really hard producing the shows and doing a lot of things in the morning. So, therefore, we give him a little bit of time, and then he has a show coming up at 1 o'clock, Izzy on Sports iOS. But keep in mind, that leaves us a little bit of a window during the week. We haven't talked about this in a while, but do you have an idea for a show? If you can find a sponsor and you're a talented person and you're fun to be around, I'd love to talk to you. Now, don't be offended if I tell you, yeah, you're boring, never mind. But... If you're a good dude, we're interested in talking to you if you've ever dreamed of being a a, a TV talk show host. But we want something different, something new, something alive. So if you have some ideas, please send me an email, Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com, and I'd be glad to talk to you about it. Uh, Versus Vegas yesterday, punched right in the face. Um, Just a complete and utter uh, total failure on my part yesterday, and I'm really annoyed by it. And I, I have to say... I am thrilled that Izzy has not mocked me the entire show, or he forgot, because of course he could have been all over me. I told you yesterday that I liked Charlotte, who's terrible, plus the, uh, how many did I get, four and a half against Chicago, with Chicago coming up uh, on the back end of a back-to-back. Well, here's what happened last night, if you didn't know. After three quarters, the game is tied. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, do I send the text to Izzy now? Because there's no way with four and a half point spread, with the Bulls on the back end of a back-to-back, that they're going to be ready to be able to hold it together and pick up a victory. No way. No way. Or, I shouldn't say that, pick up a victory. Cover the spread. Chicago won 117 to 110. And when I say, it wasn't like one of those things where it was a, couple free throws at the end or it was really close the Bulls just torched them at the beginning of the fourth quarter Charlotte was never even in the fourth quarter and they got some points at the end to make it look a little closer I wasn't even close so 
Izzy was nails. I'm buying Izzy lunch today based on Bulls easily covering the four and a half. And so I lost twice. Lost last night on the app, and then I lose by taking Izzy out to lunch. And then the other game, boy, was this dumb. Without doing the research, I quickly looked. If you were listening to uh, Unplugged yesterday, I quickly looked, noticed Anaheim, who's not good, on the back, or excuse me, San Jose, who's terrible, on the back end of a back-to-back, on the road at Anaheim, who's a little below average. I'm thinking, okay, that puck line's going to be easy. Anaheim is clearly going to be able to win by two goals or more at home with the road team on a back-to-back. I got this game easy. Anaheim has to score in the third just to tie it. The Ducks do win in overtime, but of course when you win in overtime, you don't cover the puck line. So Anaheim cost me. I go 0-2 yesterday. Dropped to 1097, 962, and 9 is the overall record. So frustrated, uh, totally frustrated about that one. Now here's the problem. Looking up and down the NHL today, I, I don't I don't like anything. Looking up and down the NBA, I kind of like one game and it's not very good. Cleveland was at home, played Detroit, who's bad, and they beat them. Now they're on the road at Memphis, who's bad. And usually I don't like to bet on bad teams. But in looking at the line, and you know how I feel about back-to-backs, even though Cleveland to Memphis is not a terrible flight, it's certainly not close. I'm going to trust Memphis because I'm getting a nice spread. It's Memphis plus the 8, not bad juice at minus 112. So I'm going to take Memphis plus the 8. I'm... For the game, I want to tell you, I'm counting the whole game as my record. If I lose it, it counts as a loss. But for units, I admit, I'm only going on a half unit on this because I'm not totally in love with it, but I want to stick to my formula. Somebody with rest playing a team at home who's on the back end of the back-to-back, I always want to take it if I got a good spread and I like the plus eight. So I'm going with a half unit on today's game. Uh, and that's it. I didn't really find a lot of games that I like. I kind of like Pacers plus the points. They're getting three points at the Garden. But every time I bet against the Knicks in the last two months, the Knicks have punched me in the face. So I'm, I admit it, I'm scared of the Knicks. So if the Pacers win or if they lose by two or less, I'm going to be upset when I actually saw the game, researched it, believe in the Pacers, and didn't want to touch it because it doesn't follow the formula and... I'm just shy after going 0-2 yesterday and ruining my good run. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Please take a look at your calendar. Can you figure out a way to get there Saturday to Burrito Express and Kyrene in South Tempe? I'd love to see you out there. I'll be there at noon. If you can't make noon, please come well before or well after. Get a breakfast burrito or get a, a lunch burrito. Enjoy yourself at Burrito Express. Just please mention that you're in the Unplugged Army. But not a sanctioned event because I told you about it late. What is a sanctioned event? If you want to keep your rank, I hope to see you out February 23rd. Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Tea time start at noon. And then at the same time, you've got... Uh, you know what? And If you want to email me a request for a tea time, I'll take it. Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com so I can help out Sweet Lou because he's so busy 
Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com if you want in, and I'll get you the tea time that you're looking for. If you don't care about the price, I don't know the official offer yet, but I know it's going to be a fantastic offer. And please support all the other sponsors of Doug Franz Unplugged. You've got Bell's National Kitchen, Rosati's and Chandler, and uh, Parker and Son, 6022 Repair. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Son. The main event's up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Beer Friday.